0: Well, it appears it is an all-systems go. Welcome back to the Weekly Harvest. My name is Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations, Community Relations with your brand and Weekings. Kings. He's Rob Mann, the radio voice of your Weekings. Kings.
1: Happy New Year, Rob. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. We're probably Everything. missing something. It's been a minute, but it's good to see you again.
0: Everything rolled up all up into one. Uh, it, it has been a while. You know, Lisa's talking here on the pod. So for everybody, let's talk a little bit about Christmas.
1: How was the break? Oh, it was great. You know, it was great to go back home, see the family, see the dog. Uh, Drove him absolutely crazy having four of us around the house again. He's a herding dog, so as soon as we are uh, more than two people in that house, he loses his mind just a little bit. But it was great to go home and see the family and, you know, spend some time away from the rink, come back energized and ready to go. And uh, without spoiling too much, it looks like the players felt the same way. It was a awesome break, especially
0: when you go into it knowing how well the team is performing. There's other Christmas breaks where the team doesn't do so well, and it's almost a you know it's it's nice to get away for a different reason. This this one was a quick break, and the guys were happy to get back. And those games on the 27th and 29th, we always dub it around here "Holiday Hockey" because there's a lot of people who aren't living here anymore, but from the area, they're back for Christmas time. Right, and they stick around for that first or second game after Christmas before heading home in time for New Year's. And there's always just a slightly bigger crowd bump on those games, and we saw it again, some great crowds, some high energy, and some more big wins on home ice.
1: If you're going to have a bigger crowd, might as well treat them to a win, and the Brandon Wheat Kings did that not once but twice, both in overtime, both against Saskatchewan-based opponents. And this is the curious bit, entering the month of December... The Wheat Kings had not at any point erased a deficit when entering the third period and come back to win the game. They did it three times in December, all three against divisional opponents, oddly enough. You had the game against the Moose Jaw Warriors, in which Jackson Jacobson scored twice, and then they won in a shootout. You had the win over the Regina Pats on December 27th. They were down 3-1 entering the third period in that one, and that deficit didn't last very long into the third. And then there was the game against Saskatoon. They were down 2-1 going into the third period. So now the Wheat Kings have come back to win in extra time, albeit... Three different times in one month after not having done it at any point during the season. Add that to the list of things the Weed Kings did for the first time over that stretch because they only really had the one shorthanded goal. But as we discussed on the last podcast, that kept rolling. And it just doesn't seem to be stopping for them. Like shorthanded goals are coming in left, right, and center.
0: It has been a fantastic run. It has been eye opening for 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 a lot of those reasons. It has just been great to be a part of. Uh, I know the fan base has been really excited for the team. It's nice to see them climb up even though they're 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 just made up these power rankings each week. but it's still nice when you get to see your team climbing up on there as well, uh, making some noise. Speaking of making some noise though, we are approaching trade deadline ah, and yes. uh, there has been a lot of noise from some other teams. Uh, it's been quiet around here so far, but of course, tra- trade deadline, Rob, isn't until next week. We were just talking about how we're going to do next week's pod based around, of course, that day, because it's a big day for the league. But as always, there's always some of those early deals that happen, especially when world juniors are over and the players return to their teams. And uh, of course we saw two pieces that, Almost everybody knew it was going to happen with the lack of draft picks that Wenatchee, uh, you know, got with their franchise. So as they see uh, Savoy move on and Geeky in two blockbuster trades.
1: Wenatchee finally pushed the big red button. They knew it was coming, and I think a lot of people were surprised. Not that they were in second in the conference, because you look at the the makeup of that team and you can see why they would be. But I think people were surprised by just how well they handled things to this point and just how well some of the younger guys in that lineup uh, elevated themselves to keep up, even while Geeky and Savoy were out of the lineup, because Savoy was out of that lineup for a long time, not only due to being away at NHL camp, but due to injury. So it was really mostly Geeky for the first half of the season for Wenatchee, and they still kept pace in the standings. And I have to wonder, and Bliss Littler kind of addressed this a little bit with John Keene when they were talking on the uh, WHL radio show, that there must have been some temptation to try to go for it. The problem is, as we're seeing, if you want to go for it, you need to expend draft capital. And the Wenatchee Wild just don't have that. Or at least they didn't. Now they've got quite a bit more of it. The irony is it's... You know, you need draft capital to go for it, but you can only get draft capital by moving out some pieces. And, of course, the Wild had to move out pieces. And they've reached a point where, as you said, the cupboards are pretty bare. It just made sense for them to build for the future. They did not have a
0: higher draft pick than a couple of third-round picks in two years from now, besides some fifth-rounders and uh, and later-round picks. It was a move that, uh, you know, last year we talked about that. Winnipeg Ice pretty much went all in. You know, they they mortgaged their future to try and win that championship. Didn't quite get there. Uh, So, you know, now Wenatchee, it's it's a deal that they kind of had to make. But yeah, even the fan base there. They're still watching a really good team, and that very well could have had like a bit of a championship push. But uh, you gotta you, you gotta look for the future as always in junior hockey. So uh, locally here, we now are gonna have to see at least one of those guys back in the division for this year. So we're gonna be happy yeah. to see uh, quite the quite the Moose Jaw Warrior lineup uh, next time that they roll around. Um, as we get closer to trade deadline, though, of course, uh, keep attuned to all of our social media channels and the Week Kings. If we do make any noise, of course, we'll pass it along there. Uh, we got ourselves a very busy January home schedule after a busy december home schedule and i know that's how we want to get into all that but i think our guests because i haven't looked to my side but <laughs> you're making all kinds of weird faces i think you must be standing outside the door what are you right talking about That's just my face that's just the way that you're doing you're just making weird signals outside yeah there he is yeah. all right so ladies and gentlemen our guest this week on the weekly harvest podcast we're gonna get him on in here we'll be right back with Jaden Weens. Here we are now, back live in the Week King Studio. Our guest, after Rob making all kinds of weird faces, I knew you were standing out there. It's
2: number fourteen, Jaden Weens. Jaden, how are you? Good, how are you? We're doing really well. Thanks for doing this. No worries. I, uh, I, uh, on the way back up to Brandon, I was actually listening to these, so I was hoping I get on one. Oh, we <laughs> <Nice. yeah>. love <laughs> it. <I'm a> fan <laughs> in the studio. It's not every day that happens. There you go. Who, by the way, since you listened to a
1: bunch of them, who who did a good job? Like, who did you, you like
2: listening to? Um, mm, who did I listen to first? I listened to Brats. Uh, nate's Uh, who did I watch first? The first one was the best. I thought
1: I want to say was I want to say Hank. Hank, Yeah, I'm gonna (laughs) guess. Yeah, it's
2: hanks That's why I listen. Well, because Hank's
0: Hank's got to be entertaining. So Jane, you 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 come into this team in the locker room. You're a veteran in the league. There's got to be some guys in that locker room that now you were excited
2: to be on this side of things with joining. Yeah. Um. Guys probably like Hank. Maybe guys like (laughs) yeah. Just to say guys like Hank. Yeah, he's uh. Didn't like playing against him. He's like a bear barreling down on you in the corner. So, uh, even like now he's a hard worker and stuff like that, so it's nice to have him on your side. And Brett, um, just those kind of guys that work hard and they're just tough to play against. And we were talking about it a moment ago, some of them are
1: even tough to play against in practice.
2: Yeah, Luke Shipley and him got in a little uh, little, <laughs> a little, wrestling match there and I got to stick to the face, so I wasn't too good.
1: It seemed like the pace of practice today was really good, incidentally. Like, it seems like the guys are happy to be home.
2: Yeah, no, it's good. And even though sometimes they're good, you know, you want guys to battle and stuff. So, um, I got the not good end of the stick on that one, but uh, (laughs) it happens.
0: Well, lucky for you right now, we're in the studio, people who aren't watching, uh, but there's a big screen in front of your face thanks to the microphone, so it's hiding all the damage that was done. So yeah, at least so you nobody, can't see it. people watching won't be able to see kind of what happened there <laughs> thanks to ships. So. And I feel
1: like Wheat Kings fans also have seen you enough times by now that they know when you're on the ice, you're going to be right in the thick of it. So that mark could be from just about anything.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't like to shy away from too much, so... <laughs>
0: And that's what helped make you such a fan favorite in Saskatoon. So let's let's go back here. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I always like this first question. You are first hearing about the WHL, right? What was your first impression or your first memory of the Brandon Wheat Kings?
2: Um. Well, when I got uh, traded, I was a bit nervous, obviously, but um, I always knew Brandon as a you know a, t- a tough team to play against. Um, a lot of history to the organization, and. Um, kind of from just from playing against them and watching them for you know for a long time, it's I knew I kind of fit into how they played and stuff. So it was that's that part was really good. But um, when I got here, yeah, it was nothing but good things. When I got here, obviously, uh, first class organiz- organization and um, really good teammates. So
1: we always ask the players this question because guys who come in in trades, like we've talked to Mateo Michaels a little bit about this, Jackson D'Souza as well. There always seems to be a certain level of surprise when it comes to the team facilities like the dressing room and the workout facilities you guys have available and to the point where even like some former weed kings are still practicing with the team every now and then to take advantage of them were you surprised when you saw what was available to you here
2: yeah big time I uh actually the first thing I noticed was the tubs they have here they're they're really nice tubs I didn't know they're pretty new so they're they're really nice and there's obviously just a uh, renovations to the room so um everything's yeah super super nice your style of play uh is like we said,
0: made you pretty much a fan favorite wherever you go because when first thing you said when when you got here, I was talking about when I was making your 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 highlight video that we like to do for all the new guys, and only one of your goals came from past the hash marks. Everything else was like looking kind of like the same, but it's that hard, hard working. What what was that like you coming up through the system? Like were you always that kind of player when you were younger? Were you like, could you be more skilled and kind of, you know, take those longer shots? Like, what was your development like?
2: Uh, I would say, yeah, like, wh- I was more of a hard nose scoring in front that kind of guy. But when I was younger, I'd say I got, more, you know, obviously just more skilled. That's kind of how everyone is when they're, you know, back home playing minor hockey and coming up through that system. But uh, once I got to WHL, I, uh, I, I was I was surprised making it at 16. I wasn't really supposed to. And I did make the team, so I kind of had to just completely change my role into a defensive role and... Um, go win face-offs and you know, kind of shut down other teams, you know, better players. And that kind of taught me a lot about defense. And sometimes it's been kind of a you know a knack for trying to score goals and be offensive. But um, uh, this year I'm trying to score from not just the blue paint. And <laughs> I've got a couple here, so hopefully I can keep going.
1: Snipe against Regina comes immediately to mind. And we are going to go into that, the overtime goal. That was a big one. But before we do, I want to touch on something in your development that I think is unique among members of the Brandon Wheat Kings organization because during the COVID year you had guys playing triple-A we had guys playing in the Western League a couple guys had some stints with their respective Junior A leagues because they started earlier but you got to play I believe it's the Prairie Junior Hockey League in Saskatchewan for your hometown team the Carrot River Outback Thunder what was that experience like?
2: Uh, that was something that I didn't think was gonna happen really um, I had to talk to the GM in Saskatoon and you know I wasn't playing hockey for a long time, and I was training, and um, you know I missed playing, and we came to an agreement to, to play there, and <laughs> back in the hometown, that was my first game back in my hometown since, I think, I was 12 years old, I think, that was my first game back there, so it was. Uh, I was actually kind of nervous to go out there a little bit, but... Uh, <laughs> How'd you do? How'd you do in the first game back? Well, remember? I got an assist my, yeah. on my first shift, Yep. and I thought, oh, this is easy, whatever, <laughs> and then uh, I didn't get a point for the next, like, five games. So it's a was, tough, there was like four or five guys always on me. I get the puck and I couldn't move.
1: You were the WHL guy that they had to come back and surround. They were worried about letting you score.
2: Yeah, exactly. It was And I was getting chirped all the time. And, but it was fun. League. It was fun, though. T-touper it is league it's, it's a league that's
1: credit for. Because I think a lot of people don't know this about Junior B in Saskatchewan, but you don't just get 20-year-olds. You get 21-year-olds. Like, you were playing against guys who were, what, four or five years older than you?
2: Yeah. And there was like, there's, you always get ex-WHL uh, and Junior A guys and... And there's actually some pretty good players that do go end up playing there because they just want to go to school, right? And so the Saskatoon teams get a lot of uh, really good players. What was the team name there again? The Outback Thunder? Carrot River Outback Thunder. It used to be the Tri-Town Thunder. And that's it's three small towns that kind of all chipped in with the money and stuff. So I like that name a lot better. But, yeah, they had to switch it to just the Carrot River Outback Thunder because Carrot River just took over. I'm the team, so... I, I really want to see the jerseys now myself. I'm like a big logo and jersey guy. You would love them. They're, yeah? They're actually part of the nicest jerseys. Like, one of the nicest jerseys I've ever seen.
1: Who I could see d- the wheels turning over there right now. You're thinking about I adding just, some inspiration maybe to the next Wheat City Walleye jersey. I, yeah. I,
0: just, I just love it. Who's, who's the big rival for the Outback
2: Thunder? Um... Probably the Saskatoon Quakers or Prince Albert. Prince Albert's won too, but Prince Albert hasn't been a very strong team for a little for a little bit here. So it's probably been like uh, the Saskatoon Quakers because they're usually the best team.
1: I can remember that from my time in PA. Actually, the uh, the PA Junior B team folded for a year mm-hmm. and then came back, and they're now the uh, the Timberjacks. They were. Uh, Oh, what were they before they folded? I'm gonna say the Titans. The Titans, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: you got it, yeah. you got it.
0: I've always got to place my heart for Junior B. That's where I got my start doing hockey, doing uh, Cold Lake Ice Games. Oh up, yeah, up in yeah. up in northern Alberta. So <laughs> <got> <laughs> that some, was it.
1: Got some Junior B experience under my belt too, with the <laughs> calling games at the uh, the Keystone Cup in Arburg, Manitoba. In oh 2017. yeah,
2: that's, that's been actually pretty good hockey, probably.
1: It was fun. I was I was surprised by the number of guys out there playing, especially for those Kijhl teams, like mm. the BC Junior B circuit. For those who don't know, uh, at the time was used as almost a feeder circuit for the Western Hockey League. Right. Like, you'd have 16 year old 17-year-olds last cuts from, you know, Kelowna or wherever it would end up in the K-I-J-H-L. And it's different now because the KIs are in Junior A status with the B-C-H-L schism and everything going on out there. But, uh, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the, the small-town Junior B hockey. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. The small town feeling, the small town family vibe, the community that you come from, that is a big part of your support network as well. So you go back there during those times, but even now when you're back here, we see the response online anytime you do anything or when they think that you should have been a star and we somehow snubbed you <laughs> it's why is it a Jaden how how did you rob weens again i was got to go defend ourselves on there like yeah. Uh but you got a great support network and like the town there speak about that even seeing like the relatives now making the trips out it's it's so great to see everybody
2: yeah you know that's probably the most uh proud thing I am to say of where I'm from is Carri River probably and not a lot of people can experience what I get to experience. Just um you know, you're the hometown hero kind of feel. When I go back home, you know, people want to take pictures and and autographs and I there was a there was actually an auction in Carver River uh in November I think and they bought two of my jerseys here and they each went for like a thousand dollars and they bought them for hundred and fifty. It's just kind of that like people really, really support me and you know they I think in Saskatoon I had like two hundred people, two hundred fifty wow. people there to watch. So, and um, it's it's pretty special, honestly. Like, I don't I don't take it for granted. But uh, I'll be pretty sad if I'm not playing and uh, you know not getting that support anymore. Well,
0: I'll I'll tell you this: we can see at times our WHL live uh, like figures and where they are geographically and we can see people around there supporting you. So (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So so even if they can't make the trip all the time here, I guarantee you they're still watching you. They're probably still watching. They're still watching (laughs) you play and we got the data to prove that. We do
1: have, incidentally, a a very dedicated segment of fans, not all from Carrot River, but some certainly are, who on our guess the goal scorer will loyally pick you every single game <laughs> to score the first goal and more than once that's uh, earned one of them a free pizza a free so, pizza yeah so they they oh, picked their good. spot
0: <laughs> what would you say uh, you know your biggest goal in junior hockey to date is there one that that the that, that sticks them out and feel free to talk about your blades days like this is so <laughs> cool but i i'm i'm i'm, I'm just curious cuz like the emotion after your after the uh, the shootout winner Mm-hmm. Right, and then the OT winner, two different feelings. You're right. One, you're yep. out there by yourself. There's a lot of you know, just it's all on you. The other one, you're at the, exhausted at the end of a long <laughs> yeah. shift. You even told me after, you're like, I was, I was done. I was yeah. firing that on, and I was, I was <laughs> yeah. done. Uh, you know, like I just, I think that even though it's regular season games, those just. There's so much emotion and passion into them, but I know you've had some big games in Saskatoon as well. Yeah. So maybe twofold: biggest game so far,
2: biggest goal so far this year at the Wheat Kings, and just your biggest goal in junior that you always think about. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go Wheat Kings first. Um, definitely the overtime winner. That's that's my the first overtime. first ever overtime winner. That's it, eh? In my career, yeah, never never scored. So you wouldn't
1: know it. You put that one like a pro.
2: Yeah. You know, I I, I just kind of yeah yeah that was weird. I didn't expect <laughs> it to go in, but uh, I was happy it did. But yeah, that's probably the biggest one here, and then. Um, base one in the, in my career, I think it was game uh, game seven or game six against Regina, maybe or Red Deer. One of the two series, I was four three or against Regina. Uh, we were down four three. It was like two minutes left, and um, I went out there and I scored a tying goal with like I think like a minute and a half, yeah a minute and a half left to tie it up and sent overtime. So that was probably. And it was just 18,000 fans. So it was, that was kind of pretty electric. Um, that was a pretty wild series. Yeah. It was. That was a pretty, that was actually a pretty wild year. There was a lot of, oh, oh my God. yeah. It's, really wild it's like, last well, year. when I score, you just look up in the stands and like everyone's just like on top of you, pointing at you. It's just like, holy crap. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. I will point out, by the way, that in that series against Regina, you kind of terrorized the Pats a
1: little bit. Like, you had a few goals there. And here in Brandon, we know you pretty well as the anchor of kind of the shutdown line. You would get the matchups against the other team's best. Were you getting the Bedard assignment against uh, the Pats?
2: I, w- I was, yeah. Yeah, that was my role to play against him. So I I think that's the most ice time I've gotten ever in those seven games. It was pretty, <laughs> playing against Bedard. So, yeah, it was good. Well, one really cool thing happening in Saskatoon is all thanks to the... the
0: influx of the rush and the fans and just that chaos. Uh especially when it gets to some of those bigger games, you can kind of, you know, really fill up that big, big building in there in Saskatoon. Uh that would be pretty cool to play in front of as well.
2: Yeah, you know it's it's a pretty big city too. Like they have it's I don't know, quarter million people. So um yeah, but that city that city does rally around like they're good teams, I'd say obviously if you're struggling, you know, you're not gonna get the fans. I know the guys here in Brandon last year were saying that, you know, Terrible fans, tune stuff. but I'm like, well, if you're winning, you know, it's a bit different. People do come out and they support you, and obviously in the playoffs, so that was a bit, that was pretty crazy, you know. Like, obviously, by Dard numbers, that boosted it up a little bit for sure, but um, yeah, I like guess, sold out crowd. and He kind
0: of helped a few arenas
2: across few the A few arenas, league. I was going to say that the WHL w- yeah, probably made a lot of money say. off just, him. Just a little bit. Yeah, they probably made a lot of money off him. But even like Red Deer Series, we were still getting, you know, like ten to 12,000 fans, so. Yeah. It was good. It yeah. was yeah. No, I went to college in
0: Saskatoon, and for that year we went out to a couple of Blades games, and that was the year of the NHL lockout. Uh, that just tells you how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> we barely yet. Any. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was way back when, and we went to a couple of games, and yeah, I remember thinking at the time they did not have a very good team that year. Yeah. And it was, uh, but the jerseys. That was when the 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 the, the Blades oh, Zamboni Blade jerseys. Oh, the oh. Zamb- I think they brought them back this year, didn't they? Uh or or, or they just did recently or recent, again. A one. They've yeah. definitely got some pretty cool retro
1: I stuff going yeah. on in there did. too. Yeah, they did. They have some. And like I feel like as a former, you know, Prince Albert Raider broadcaster, I'm committing some kind of treason by saying this, but they've had some good jerseys there over mm-hmm. the years.
0: Uh although you just said PA while we're talking about this, there's been a lot of fun themed jerseys this year, right? I, I you mentioned the walleye already in the podcast <laughs> here. I'm partial to it, of course. Yeah. People know listen to that. I love them. But uh the Cobra Chickens in PA.
2: Have you have you have you seen that? And you're a part of the bananas then as well. I want to yeah. ask you
0: about putting that jersey on.
2: Well I've seen the well, I've seen the Cobra Chickens. I don't I haven't seen the jerseys yet. I've seen someone got a tattoo of it, actually. Yeah, for someone, real, someone has gotten a test. Of... Sis is going to be so happy. What was it? Him
0: first of all? It was not him. <laughs> <It> was <laughs> not see him. That? I, a, I, I could see Michael that. Sizens. That's a, a fair for question for people who are listening. Him. He's the business operations manager of the PA Raiders.
1: Although the person in question One did of the biggest Jersey lovers ever did tag Sis in their photo, and I think Siz okay. was just I can imagine his exact reaction leaning back, clapping his hands with that booming laugh. Like I can't <laughs> wait to tell <laughs> him. As soon as he's done, time. I'm
0: going to message him, tell him that this came up on the pod. I can't believe somebody did that you you
1: were right like it. i saw this i think it was yeah. on facebook i saw it. yeah I somebody so. has an actual honest to goodness tattoo of that cobra chicken logo already and the jersey doesn't even exist yet
2: yeah it blew my mind i was like wow
0: oh, that was pretty cool but you're part of the saskatoon bananas night so uh what was that like putting that one on uh
2: it was cool it, it actually the fans loved it they loved just uh you know the whole banana thing i think it was started off as a uh, April Fool's joke? Well, and that would just happen. Yeah, yeah, it just dropped. Yeah, right? it they, wasn't... They joked the year before they're going to change their name to the
0: Bananas. Yeah. And then they did. W- one year we did the whole joke about the Cooperalls. Oh, that yeah. That oh, April yeah. Fools, oh, we're yeah, going to bring right. back the Cooperalls we oh, were awesome. in the hub and, uh, you know, the full Cooperall pants. We'd still have it, but that would be pretty legendary. To bring I think that we'd back we'd I'd one give one anything to do that. I would love to wear Maybe next year. That'd be really cool. A true retro 80s night with the classic Cooperalls. We couldn't
1: do the helmets, unfortunately. Yeah. The WHL would have something to say yeah. about that. That'd be point. awesome no, though. Yeah. I don't think those old <laughs> Jofas are protecting much. <laughs> I don't think they ever did. No. No, no those are those are just uh, aesthetic helmets. So uh you've
0: played for uh I mean, obviously a lot of different teams coming up through through the system, uh not including like spring hockey and that, but from Carrot River, when was the first time that you left and where'd you go to play hockey after that? You said at twelve years old, so between that and the WHL, where'd you
2: go to? Well, I my, my first full year, um, full because I lived at home but played for um, a different hockey team outside of town, so that was just like uh, a, t- a northeast team, they called it, so we would play like Melfort and Tisdale and stuff, but that wasn't in... in uh, it wasn't like U15 AAA yet, though, no, was it? No, no, it wasn't okay. like that, no. Of
1: course, Sass doesn't have, or didn't have, yeah, didn't 15, have AAA that. at that point, it was all AA. Right? It was all double A. Yeah. right, so
2: was, yeah, I played AA, I guess, so that's yeah. kind of what they called it, so... Uh, the first full year I moved moved uh moved away from home was Tisdale when I was fifteen, mid to triple And that was a really fun year. We uh, we got to host uh Westerns and we went to the Telus Cup that year and we won a bronze medal, so that was pretty cool. Very cool. We had yeah. uh we had a really fun team there, so and I was close to home, I was only forty five minutes away from home. And too, that was on so. home ice that you guys got to host in yeah. the Westerns yeah. The Telus Cup we went to was uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. Oh, the TBA. Yeah. okay. Yep, yep. Yep. So I was, I was in, I was in I was the was building
1: cool. for one of those games, actually. By pure coincidence, I was in the uh, the building watching uh, watching Tisdale play, I want to say Thunder Bay. In Tisdale or, at, or Thunder in Bay? Tisdale? In Tisdale. Or maybe it was, was Brandon. That, it was ironically after yeah, we, Week Kings w- read that tournament. We did as well. play Brandon. I
2: played uh, Nolan Ritchie. He was on that team. Um, there were a lot of incidentally yeah. like future
1: WHL stars at that event because Nolan Ritchie was on Brandon. You were on Tisdale. Landon Kozier was on Tisdale at yep. that time. I remember him. Hayes. Yeah, Hayes Kate. was there. Kate Hayes was was he with Tisdale as well?
2: He was, yeah, Tisdale too. My year, yeah.
1: There was there was some talent at that event.
2: Yeah, no, there was it was really fun. That's pretty cool. However, thing again, all all these guys. That's
0: why I like kind of love these stories of you just. In passing, we'll play with and against these players all throughout your career. Sometimes one game at this crazy national tournament, and then, you know, end up with the same team of them or the same league or same division, and it kind of goes from there. So now that you're a vet and you come on in here and how awesome was it right away, and I, I I loved it, and we talked about this too, how great it was to see you that A so quickly on the jersey, coming in and getting that respect from from the team being a leader.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I pride myself on that too. Uh, I'm pretty vocal in the room and on the bench, and that's kind of – I can't, you know, get away from that. That's just who I am. I'm a vocal guy and like to get, get, get guys going and be a leader. So, um, yeah, that was it was really nice to see that the coaches pulled me and in, Rorsma into the office and, um, you know, entrusted us enough to put A in our jerseys for – Home and away, we switch and whatever. So yeah, no, it's been really good though. Um, I pride myself in that. So,
1: and the guys who've come into the team throughout the year, because you were the first guy that was really brought in, but there have been others since, have all talked about how easy it was to integrate into the room. What is a priority for you to helping guys when they're coming to a new team get settled in with new teammates and new surroundings?
2: Yeah, that just kind of that just depends on sometimes like the people in the room and um. Even when I got traded I was kinda worried. I was like, Oh man, you know, we were so close in Saskatoon last year. I was kinda worried about what the guy's gonna be like here and when I got here like it was just boom, it was just yeah, these guys are close and it's kinda the same feel, same family feel and we get along and we party on the bus in the back with tunes and concerts after we win and stuff. So it's uh it's fun, it's really fun and um but yeah, just the people that make it easy to transfer. And you need different types of people, right? You need you can't have everyone that's serious, right? You need the jokesters and you need guys that are laid back, and uh, we have that here, so. Is there somebody, you
1: mentioned jokesters, and, like, we had him on the podcast, so we know Matt Henry falls into that <laughs> yeah. category pretty firmly, but is there somebody that surprised you with their personality on the team?
2: Carson. He, <laughs> Yeah. I kind of uh, took him as a uh, person that's not really, you know, gets out of his bubble, like, um, always serious. Always hear his kind of person he's absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> i won't, I won't mention the things he says to me, but yeah he's uh he's a character he's he's a jokester too, so he's uh I always chirp him and stuff on the ice in practice, and we have a good times together.
1: I had reason to chirp him today too i was I happened to be down at practice with Perry Bergson and I may have seen a couple of a couple of snipes
2: yeah oh, i every time I score against him
0: I give it to him so speaking of snipes, it' nice to see Nate back out there nate danielson back in the lineup here with you guys at the first game we got starting tomorrow. That's going to be nice to get a guy like that back in your lineup of course.
2: Yeah, we obviously were, you know, happy for him to be where he was, and but we missed him too. He's a huge part of our team right now and he's, you know, he's, he's our captain, right? So, um, huge to get him back especially with this home stand and kind of get back on the right track again for sure. December
0: was unbelievable with the amount of home games that 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 we had here, right? You had the six before the break, get back two more before hitting the road for two. And now in January, we're talking, there's still just a whole whack of, of home games. So this is the time to kind of be racking up these wins. But at, at the same time, it's um, it's a lot of time at, at home. Do you miss those bus rides at all when, when when you get that stretch? Like you were talking about, you know, having all the fun on the bus and getting away with the guys and the team bonding. It's great to be around home. But at the same time, that's where you guys kind of get, like, that time to really bond together, right? It's on the
2: yeah. trips. Yeah. I do not like the bus. The bus. Okay. I don't after, like it I, after after a win. You I, like it after then. a win. I like okay. it. Okay, okay. But <laughs> if we lose, it's very quiet yes. for a long time. So I, I don't like that. But if we win it, I love it. I love the bus rides. But like going to the games, even like I'm just especially in Brandon, it's we have longer bus rides. So it's just it's kind of not a big fan of them, honestly. So you're but, a big.
0: So you were a big fan of all the home games in
2: December and yes, the ones here in January. Big fan. Yeah. But then what? But then you know, once this is all done, you got a bunch of road games after that. So you got to be prepared for that. But yeah, the home games are nice because you can do your own schedule. Like on the road and stuff, like your schedule gets mixed up a little bit. So, but yeah, not a big fan of the bus.
1: One of those recent road games I do want to circle back to because the homestand was great. Obviously, seven of eight, and hopefully similar results in the coming six game homestand. But you had a homecoming of sorts in Saskatoon. And I noticed that during the first period, they had this video tribute prepared for you that you got to see while you were on the bench. How did it feel to look up at that score clock in that arena and see clearly the regard that the Saskatoon Blades had for you?
2: Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was mixed emotions a little bit too just seeing that, and um, that was really nice and thoughtful of them to do that. Obviously, they don't do that for everyone, so I was, I was uh, pretty thankful, you know, pretty honored that they did that for me and. Um, I seen a lot of you know signs and stuff and and warm ups and it was just it was a good welcome back and it felt a bit weird at the first you know first time I went out there, but it was I got used to it obviously but um yeah it was it was definitely pretty special and to get that video and um I cheered up a little bit on the bench I was <laughs> kind of, yeah, so so that I couldn't good.
1: see I couldn't see that because you're you're facing the other way from me, so I couldn't see yeah the, yeah, yeah,
2: just you know some just all the, you make a lot of memories and the people and and meet the fans, and cause I'm meeting fans here. And, you know, I'm gonna miss them when I leave here too, right? So, it's kind of how it goes. Did you take any of the wrong doors when you were there? I didn't know where any of the meetings were. I had to ask the guys. <laughs> <laughs> there was a we had a coaches meeting, and I had no idea where where we were going. So. But you
1: did manage not to walk into Brandon Sawney's office when you heard coaches' meeting. That yeah, might, no, I, I, I definitely didn't
2: pass the curtains. That's their side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so with
0: this uh, with this next stretch, and you and you, and you guys had such a strong December, um, and you're coming off of uh, that one loss, which is against a team that is ahead of us in the standings, but. You guys have competed against all of these teams, and all the games have been close, with that one exception. They've all been one or two goal games. Heading into trade deadline, even if, let's just say, the team doesn't do anything, and this is the team, and the way that you guys have been playing lately, do you feel really comfortable with the roster and the guys around you that this is gonna be a team that you guys can bond together and really make a push in this now ever getting tougher division.
2: I do, yeah. Obviously you know, we've proved it. We play we played against Moose Shaw and Sastoon a couple times here and we we can play with them, right? So I have full confidence in our team and you know, sometimes even when you make a trade, like, it can affect your team in a bad way too, even if it is, you know, a good player. Just how who you bring in and how close you are with people and so it's you know, like, we're a family in there, and we're all really close, and we battle, but we have, you know, we know when it's fun time to work time, and um, so, you know, that's that's something that I know the coaches will take for, you know, into suggestion that, you know, like, we do have a close team, we don't want to split that split up necessarily, so.
1: And now that the team is performing at a level where, you know, third place is right there for the taking, you're kind of back and forth with Moose Jaw on that front. I kind of put this question to you in Saskatoon, but when you look at the way the Blades have played before their run last year, do you see this team as being capable of a similar playoff push?
2: I do, yeah. We can be, I think we can surprise a lot of people. Obviously, like, you know, we're, we've, we've shown we can play really good hockey in the third period, and um, obviously if we can get more consistent playing that for a full 60 minutes, it'll be awesome right now. But uh, I, I think we can, obviously, go the playoffs like, Anything can happen. It's playoffs. You know, we we have a lot of playoff players in our room, I think. So that makes a big difference. I just want to hear "Thunderstruck" a few more times this year. That's all. I would love to too. <laughs> the 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 whole custom goal
0: song. Uh, I I, actually I maybe we told that story in the pod. Maybe we did, but we might have done. I, but it's been a while. But I, I definitely want to bring that up again. So when the trade news did happen, uh, I have to you know be the fun guy. I guess to reach out and be like, "Hey, welcome!" But just so you know, I need you to pick a goal song. Yeah. <laughs> and so to, you not know, want to tell the fans how uh, how how that came about. How you
2: thought you'd go and you would find yours. Cause I love this. Well, I th- was it the fans. I think of the fans. It was. Like, well, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So I went when I got yeah I got traded and got asked for my goal song and I uh, I didn't know what to pick at that the first. I never done a goal song, so I, I went on social media on the weekend. Social media and a couple fans were were saying Thunderstruck and stuff and ACDC and kind of the old older style of, uh, music. So I uh, yeah I picked that and yeah.
1: great choice honestly like it's I think the fans had the right idea and so did you on that well yeah I
2: I want to pick something the fans were like I didn't want to pick something necessarily just for me I wanted to get the fans into it too
0: so you see, and that's how I knew right away you're gonna be a fan favorite. Yeah, like here's this guy who comes in, and and that was on the Nate Danielson post. So all the guys picked their goal song, but we did that one post while Nate was away. Just ask the fans what what they would pick for him. Right, and of course that was one of the popular suggestions. And right, and yeah, no, that was awesome for you to pick that. And man, how awesome was that to hear that in overtime? Right, like that's
2: oh, that's, that's awesome. Just, that's well, just the, the guys were all giving me a hard time when I first got here about it. I'm like, oh, I messed up here. I should have picked something better, but I I don't regret it now. I don't I don't regret. It. <laughs> Made the right
1: choice, no question. No. I although I think knowing that now, if you get another shootout winner under your belt, we gotta get Thunderstruck locked and loaded for that one. But although that one yeah. was you've now had your first overtime winner and your first shootout winner in Brandon.
2: Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Within the same month. <laughs> same month. It was a good month. It was a good month.
0: Well, here's to January then. Here's to January. <laughs> <Hey>. Another homestand. <laughs> all right. Well, we kept you for longer than what we said. We keep doing that. But thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much for Jane for popping on yeah, by all here again. today. Any last questions for him while we got
2: him, Rob? No, we've taken
0: up a lot of your time, Jaden. I really appreciate this, man. Really appreciate it. Yep, appreciate
2: it, guys. Thank you.
0: Welcome back inside the studio. Jaden Weens. Big thanks for him stopping on by here this week in the Weekly Harvest.
1: What a great kid. Great Uh, kid. Always a pleasure to deal with on the road. I've interviewed him a few times this year because he's hit milestones. He had his 200th game. Uh, incidentally, one game short of his rematch with Saskatoon, his 200th game came on December 27th against the Regina Pats. That was this close to being storybook, but, uh, he's had a lot of milestones this year and I've gotten to talk with him about a few of them and just rarely have I met an easier kid to deal with. Like just super, super fun to work with off the ice. No fun to play against on it. You can mm-hmm. tell that just by watching. And I think the Wheat Kings are pretty glad he's on their side.
0: Yeah, so Wheat King fans enjoy him while he's uh, while he's here for the rest of the time. Uh, so before we get out of here this week, Rob, we uh, are going to wrap up uh, soon because I've got to get out of here. We have got a very busy day. Uh, I'm about to be taking Carson Bjarnason on the road, and we are going to take him to his hometown, of Carberry, Manitoba. There is a special uh, event happening tonight. It is the Tournament of Champions in Carberry. Uh, I'm not sure what age division off the top of my head, actually, but uh, there is a TOC happening in Carberry this weekend, and the first Carberry game is going to be happening tonight. So uh, we're going to show up with Carson to do the ceremonial puck drop and do some autographs excellent just right excellent. hometown and guy I just can't it's gonna be the the kids are gonna love it it's gonna be a lot of fun tonight
1: and we've talked before like he's the guy when it comes to community stuff if you're going down the roster there's not a bad option for taking kids out into the community no but he's a guy that you really want as not only a local guy and an NHL drafted player but somebody whose personality is just so perfect for dealing with young crowds so he's gonna be just mobbed tonight in Carberry and I'm sure he's perfectly suited for it oh
0: i mean we're just talking to one hometown hero here jayden he was talking about you know again how, how good all the guys are in the locker room here we're gonna take another great guy a hometown hero home tonight so uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun but yeah we're gonna be hitting the road here in uh, not too long as we record this it's already four thirty on the friday afternoon uh we gotta hit the road by five we have got the game tomorrow Vancouver's in town. And then we got Victoria. Two teams, Rob, that we have not seen in a while, of course, as the BC uh, tour continues, the first time since the 2019 20 season. And uh, with that, we get to see a whole whack of new players who have never touched uh, their skates in Brandon. With one exception at least for tomorrow night, it'll be the return of Logan Hammett to West Oba Place.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a bittersweet day for him, I'm sure. I mean, for a guy who began his Western Hockey League career here, who played hundreds of games as a member of the Brandon Wheat Kings, and who, you know, because of the offseason, you know, the overage situation in Brandon needed to be sorted out, he was the guy that ended up getting sent to Vancouver, and he's done well with the Giants as far as I can see. And I'm looking forward to seeing him back in this building. It's a tough side of the business, and it seems pertinent to bring that up now with the trade deadline looming that, you know, there's, there's more to this than just player A goes to team B in exchange for pick C. Like, you've got to think about billet parents and fans and teammates that you've grown very close with. It's not an easy thing to trade a young man in, in this age group across the country, but it's nice to see Logan making the most of an opportunity in Vancouver.
0: Really hope I get a chance personally just to see him uh, tomorrow because he was traded in the off season. Never got a chance, you know, to say bye. And there's these guys that, you know, he spent a couple of years with doing these events and things and, Yep, get to know him and like him, right? And anyway, he's one of the good guys. So uh, we'll see him and the rest of his Giants team here tomorrow night. It's Dolphin Country Fest night, and we have got some more weekend Country Fest passes. We're going to be giving away tomorrow. Uh, we got this very fun game we're going to play in second intermission called Pack for Country Fest. So uh, anybody who's coming to the game tomorrow night, make sure you enter to uh, do that either at FanZone or or the check-in to win on the app, but you can win yourself Country Fest passes there. And then we got the TikTok Tuesday, another one coming up on Tuesday as the Victoria Royals head into town. And that one is always great with the $5 kid and youth tickets. And that's all in, Rob. Five bucks. That's it. All in. no, No taxes, fees. Five bucks on Tuesday. The kids get in the game. It's the best deal you could possibly get.
1: Hand us a fiver if you still carry cash. I know a lot of people don't, but you know, hey, you got two kids, hand us a tenner, in you go. Done and done.
0: It's gonna be a whole lot of fun, and then, uh, like you mentioned, though we got we got six games coming up here again
1: after we just
0: talked yeah, about after our our six game fourteen and then the break home and the games two.
1: in two months. And here's the thing: once we're done with Victoria and Vancouver, that's it for out of conference opponents. Yeah. It's in conference teams the rest of the way, and those standings are still just
0: clenched right now. It is incredibly tight. Uh, actually, be so. Before we leave, we were just briefly talking there about you know the third place grasp right now. With these teams moving in trade deadline, fighting for every point in every position, every point, even these other division ones, are going to be crucial. But yeah, after this, and it's literally now it's four point games, not two point games, and it's going to be incredibly tight. So uh, every point very crucial, and that means that every single shift is very crucial. And remember that these guys talk about it, the players they love performing in front of big crowds and they love performing in front of our fans. So love to see the support people come on out. Cause the guys have been playing great hockey uh, attendance has been on the rise. Uh, you know, some of those comments online, Rob, it does. Uh, I actually appreciate when people say like, why are there so many red seats right now? Because this team is playing very, very well. And you know, it's the, the problem was you're in Christmas season and we just, you had 14 home games. There's only so much, you know, disposable income that people have, uh, disposable income, but if telling you, if you want to get on board, this is the time. There's some great ticket plans. You can contact the King office. But this second-half rush, these games are going to be an absolute blast. On the ice and off.
1: I've said it before, the way the team is playing right now, they deserve to play in front of a packed barn. They've played some of their best hockey in front of the barn when it is packed. So the more fans we can get up to West Oba Place, not only the happier will Chris and I be, but the happier the players will be. And like I said, the way they're playing right now, they deserve to have an audience, and we want to see that audience out over the next couple games.
0: Come and see them now while you can, before guys like Nate Danielson are off in Detroit playing for the Red Wings, and guys like Carson Bjaroson are off playing for the Philadelphia Flyers, and... The Brett Highlands are off with the Capitals, and then the who knows about to be drafted guys. And, you know, it's just, it goes on and on. So come on out, support these guys, because uh, they're only going to be here so long, and uh, it is shaping up to be a, a wild ride here in January. The next time you're going to hear from us is going to be next week. We are going to be doing a post trade deadline show, I suppose. Uh we have no idea what's going to be happening. As of right now, uh, we're going to plan on, on the Wednesday to find out. And then uh, hopefully we can get a special guest from Hockey Ops on once the deadline passes. And then whatever happens, we're going to try and break it all down for you right here on the Weekly Harvest. So
1: I'm looking forward to it in an offhand sort of way. It's a tough time of year, like I said, because of trades. But uh, it is also an exciting one. It's going to be good. So
0: until next week, he's Rob Man. I'm Chris Falco. Have yourself a good one. Talk to you later. Cheers.